This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 58. This episode features Jay Winston Gill. Jay Winston Gill is a friend of mine. He is the writer of a play called Let There Be Stuff, uh, which was the first play I did after a long hiatus. It was a musical, dark comedy um, about Genesis, the story in the Bible. Um, I played Adam, Noah, and Abraham. Um, and yeah, we talk about that production. Uh, Jay also had a podcast called the Bible abridged another one called Jay's tales. He recently got married. Um, he sounds like a combination of Bobcat Goldwith, Beetlejuice, um, and Tom Waits. We talk about that in the episode. Um, yeah, but he's just a cool dude. He currently manages the rookery in here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, very like-minded, uh, good friend of mine. Um, and he's probably maybe going to move to Iceland, um, in a year or within the year, depending on what happens with his now wife. Uh, and I will visit them there. Me and my wife will visit him and his wife there if they do that. So anyway, uh, without further ado, this is Jay Winston Gill. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, as we were saying, the importance of uh, oh, why don't you use both these? You'll, yeah, this is all recorded actually. Also, so they're here in our setup. Oh, okay. But I think uh, <laughs> we were talking about something, which is some wisdom um, that we both share, which is buy batteries in bulk, have them in a drawer where you know where they are, um, and it'll make your life so much better. And there's really no reason not to. It's like you can get a big thing of batteries. Even if you want to do Amazon, like you can go to, I don't know, any any store that sells batteries, buy a big rack of them, and just have them there. It's like they, they don't expire forever. And, man, I just like every time I run out of batteries, I was just like, this is fucking stupid. I need to go get some batteries right now. And then I'm, I'd go buy like exactly the batteries I need. And I'm like, I'm setting myself up to have this exact situation happen again, like really soon. So, no. Batteries. 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 Uh, speaking of that, I'm going to turn off the fan real quick. But, uh, yeah, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. I just uh, just got married a little bit ago, as you know, because you were there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, managing a bar. Uh, apparently, um, apparently it's slow season right now. I kind of always forget this happening. Um, I spent so many years as a delivery boy that it's like, usually, historically for me, winter would be when I make all my money, and now I work in a bar, and I have for the last few years, and I'm like, oh my god, this is completely different, I don't make any, it's like there's no money to be made. So it's, it's, uh, it's whatever, but you know, makes the days a little bit longer, and I'm kind of just sitting there trying to find things to do. And speaking of batteries also, yes. then we're going to move off of this no, we eventually. Can, we can talk about batteries all that if you want to. <laughs> but uh, you play video games. That's like a, a big one also like for like controllers. The charge thing is good also, yeah. but my charge thing broke 
and then I switched to batteries for a while. I still had not replaced the charge thing. So, <laughs> well, you you play um, PlayStation, right? Nah, I have an Xbox. Okay, kind yeah, of, yeah. So kind I, of Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. But like Nintendo Switch was what I usually was what I use, and that thing, that thing is entirely um, like it's like it has it has to charge. There's no battery input for it. But the Wii is the other system that I have, and yeah, I play it about once per battery. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it out, pull the batteries out, wipe down the little um, receiver things, put new batteries in, play with it, and then I don't touch it again until those batteries have corroded <laughs> and melted all over the thing. So yeah, so basically every time I play the Wii, it costs me $2. What do you, <laughs> uh, what do you play on the Wii usually? Well, they have uh, Zelda Skyward Sword, which only exists on the Wii. And um, and then there's Mario Party. Huh. And yeah, um, that's about it. But like, I think Mario Party is fun because it's a game that people who don't want to play video games can play. But I think that happened a lot more before I started buying board games. You know, now that I'm married, now yeah, we, we want to like have people over and do things. It's like, well, there's no point in playing Mario Party anymore. But for a while, it was like, you know the go-to thing to do. Yeah. So. So. Jay. Just Alec. married. Um, and maybe move into Iceland. You married a nice lady from Iceland named Corka. Um, I did. And uh, Corka's the American version of her name because Americans can't pronounce her actual name. What's the actual name? Metacorka. Or something like that. I can't pronounce it either. Metacorka. <laughs> Metacorka. <laughs> I, Icelandic has a lot of sounds that we can't make with our with our uh, tongues. <laughs> I have my friend Sipemo uh, Motswiri on here uh, from South Africa, and then he had his he was doing a one man show, um, and he was on the podcast recently. And uh, his uh, stage manager it was just him and his stage manager traveled um, for United Solo Fest, which you should check that out. I, I should check yeah, that yeah, out. Sure. It's yeah, a one man show yeah. thing, um, but uh, he had a. Uh, Eco Bane, and then I can't remember his last name, but he said it. I said it, and he corrected me, and I was just like, "Yeah, that, <laughs> like I'm not gonna get it." Actually, funny story today. We she got a call, um, I think from for, for a pharmacy or something, and they're like, "Hello, is this? I can't pronounce your name." And she was like, "It's Melkorka," or she, she was like, "No, just try it." And she was the lady was like, "McCrane." <laughs> <laughs> McCrane, there's glass everywhere. So yeah, <laughs> her dad. Uh, I became really good friends with Corka's dad. Actually, oh, he's uh, great. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> what was his name again? His name was Helgi. Helgi. Uh, people, people call him um, Helgi. I can't remember, I can't remember what they call him. Helgi the Turtle, basically, what it translates into. And he's he's an old punk rocker from Iceland. Um, when I, our, our first night out together, we were at a Thai restaurant and with his accent, I couldn't tell if he was talking about The Clash or the band Crass. And I asked him if, what he was talking about. He was like, oh, you know Crass? And started shouting Crass lyrics in the middle of this restaurant. And his wife was like, Helgi, Helgi, knock it off. And I was like, oh, that's not the first time that's happened in their, <laughs> in their marriage. But yeah, great, great guy. Couldn't ask for a better father-in-law. Her mother-in-law's great, too. Her whole family's great. Brother's cool. Brother's really cool. Yeah. Uh, her sister's really cool. And then I don't really know her, her youngest brother that well. I, I think we spoke like briefly, but 
He seems like a really cool kid too. So I yeah. think yeah, he's the one I met. I met the younger brother. I think uh, there's there, there's Dagur who was the uh, who's groomsman, and then there's the other brother that was there. Um, and I can't pronounce his name. And I'm not even going to try to butcher it, but I should probably learn it. Well, the guy I met was questionably 21. Yeah, he was not. Uh, yeah, we don't mention that. <laughs> well, who cares? Like it was a private event. God damn it. Exactly. And I don't know. I can't remember where it was. In case you know, anybody, you know what I mean. We know where it was, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it's at lot 45. Yeah. Go nope. speak <laughs> <of> them. <laughs> so man, uh, married. You know, uh, managing bars, working in bars, uh, writing musicals. Um, How have things been? Well, things definitely, uh, there was definitely a a, a long, a long dark sweep there after, um, after the collapse, which we'll get on more later. Um, But I definitely put together a, a almost complete script, um, which isn't even a comedy. It's a, it's a. If I had to compare it, I'd probably say it's kind of like SLC Punk meets Blue Valentine uh, script um, about Minneapolis that it's almost done. I've, I've been kind of... So this is a new script? A whole new script, yeah. And I was I was kind of trying to hork it to, um, I don't know, a, a company with a little bit more money, but definitely like an independent film, just like the Minneapolis Punk scene and the love story, a love story within it that's kind of... Fueled by drugs and alcohol, and you know, just pretty dark. According to people that I've talked to about it, who weren't part of the scene, people who were part of the scene were like, "Oh yes, this seems about right." So mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah, um, I've I've put together a, a, a few like kind of uh, more professional looking um, versions of "Let There Be Stuff" with all the things where they should be using the, the script for Avenue Q as a reference. And been kind of shopping it around, but uh, so far no, no hitters. But we'll see. <laughs> uh, and you, you had a podcast too. Kind of. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. Basically, the original concept was I, I was, I was telling random Bible stories one one day when I was filming an independent film, my, my friend Malik's film Devour that I was in. And I kept I kept telling random Bible stories when we were breaking down and setting up that I thought were funny. And we were going to do it as a YouTube, basically a YouTube channel where I just went through the whole thing. But nobody could be bothered to uh, to join me. So I just kind of sat down with a microphone to start recording it. And I was like, I don't know, I'm going to publish this somewhere. I just don't know where. And then iTunes was like pretty easy to get into. So I published it as a podcast. I had a large following. Um... Not here, but like random countries around the globe, according to my my, my podcast um, analytics. Yeah, a lot of like Eastern Europe and stuff like that. So I'm really hoping that nobody used me to learn how to speak conversational English because that would be a problem for society itself. But yeah, I went through the whole fucking thing, and then by the time I got to Revelations, I was like, all right, well, I should probably do something new. So I put together uh, a musical on the Book of Genesis, and that happened. <laughs> I was in that. You sure were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I believe in that project still. Um, I think, <laughs> you know, there were lessons and stuff, but I think, um, but I think it's a really good piece, you know? 
Yeah, and I, I completely agree. And like, there's definitely a time where like just thinking about it would just kind of make me a little bit um, upset. But it's like, I think my brother said it best when he was like, you got a bachelor's degree worth of experience out of that whole project and it only cost you the same as a bachelor's degree. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love it. And um, what's cool is, is Corka's uncle has a theater in Iceland. He's a, a wildlife video guy. Um, and he has a theater and he was like, if you want to do it out here, I think people out here would love it. They're, they're not, nobody here is religious. So they all like appreciate the, the, the story. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to even just do it again in Bushwick, but I think I, I, I tried to move too quickly with it and the Manhattan crowd just wasn't, wasn't about it or they didn't care that it existed or whatever, but you know, you live, you learn. And yeah. And didn't kill you. You know what I mean? Like you grow, you learn. Yeah. Like that's how things, that's how things happen. And you did it. Like I did it. That's more than <laughs> a lot of people could say about a lot of things. Yep. I got it on stage and and yeah, we had we had some some decent nights. There was never a, a point where more than a third of the theater was full, but like we still had people there. It was an off Broadway production and you know, a, a theater that that people outside of the city would 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 recognize the name of it. So so that was cool. Um I think I think what what really got me got me going about it was that it was like I believed so hard that it'd be some sort of like last minute miracle, like a, a a Christmas holiday special on TV or something like that. And I kept coming with all these ideas. I'm like, all right, cool. This is going to work. This is going to work. Cause I'm just plummeting myself into debt. And at the very end on my birthday, no less, it was like, nope, <laughs> no, no miracle here. Just, uh, just an over, overconfident young man that just learned a lesson about that. <laughs> So when did you start writing the new piece? Uh, the new piece I wrote, let's see here. So basically I was, I was kind of uh, over the winter and I was, I was working really hard, working three jobs uh, to pay back a lot and let there be stuffed debts. And uh, my now wife, then girlfriend, um, was like, you are acting like you're a little bit um, like off tonight. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just like exhausted. I'm depressed and like whatever. And we started playing this game that me, her, and her best friend, but also kind of my best friend too now, um, play called One Minute Story, where you just you t set a timer, give someone a subject, and they just tell a story about that, you know. And it's really fun. It's really good creative activity for anybody out there that's looking to kind of brainstorm things. But we did one, we did one out of just doing that back and forth, trying to get the creative juices flowing. And then just stopped the timer and just I just kind of went off on a tangent and just started telling a story based on absolutely nothing, just, you know, off of the top of my head. Free, freestyling, if you will. Um, and then we tried to, like, write down everything that I've been, I've been saying. And then I put it through, this, put it through my computer and tried typing it up. And I was like, actually, I have a solid story here. So we'll see if I can actually uh, get it out there because I'm not... I'm not really a position where I can put anything out there myself anymore, so now I have to impress somebody else, which is never a position I wanted to be in, but, you know, that's, I think, a thing that everybody else has to deal with, so why shouldn't I as well? Um, dang, I had a question about that. Oh, have you ever thought about, because um, freestyling story, that sounds like an interesting concept, and yeah. 
something that I think you kind of have done before in a way, like, like in different ways, like kind of like when you, you've done a little bit of stand up comedy, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think you kind of tend to riff a little bit um, and tell stories. Um, you might think about doing a podcast based on that idea. Like you could just, it's an easy thing you could just do. Um, may, I don't know, weekly, whatever you yeah. want to do might be a good creative outlet um, to maybe, yeah. you know, just, just popped in my head. That would be a cool concept a, for a podcast. That'd be a great idea. Of, I should totally do that. Nobody else steal that. That's, that's, that's our idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was actually, I've been meaning to do more, more stuff like that, but a, um, I've been managing this, this bar that's just been eating away at my, my personal time. So I eventually, now I'm, um, kind of stepping away from it. I'm taking the slow process of, uh, trading up other people to do my job and walking away so I can keep, keep, keep doing creative stuff. Yeah, I was... But also my computer broke. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> so I went from a, a, an iMac to a, a Chromebook. So I got to uh, figure out a way to get another computer with the same capabilities that I had so I can record things and, and play around with them and whatnot. Or get one of these guys. Yeah. This is a Zoom H6. Um there's Zoom H4. Like their Zoom is a good one though, because it's pretty much you plug the mics in um, and record through here. So I do I do it all through here, and then I take the memory card and put it on my computer. Um, there's different ways of doing it, but I like the analog um, combo, analog digital combo. How much uh, How much are one of those? This one is like I think the most expensive of the. There's like a, it goes from like H2 to H6. Um, this one's like 500 bucks, but they have other ones for like two, anywhere from like two to five, I think. Okay. I think it's five. This is actually a borrowed one. Um, <laughs> shout out to Kat uh, from my band, yeah, longtime bat, band member. Um, she's let me use this one for now, but I do need to get around <laughs> to getting <laughs> one of my own eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the problem. Whenever I want to start a project, I was like, all right, what will it cost to do this? Since I was about $500. I'm like, damn. Yeah. But, but you know, if, if you do some, if like, if you, if it's something you can do and do something with it, then it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. Um, and that one might be worth it as far as just getting stories out there. Like the only thing you like, yeah, somebody might be inspired and take the story, but whatever. Like if, if you develop listeners for that, yeah. That might be a roundabout way to get some other projects going through it, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think podcasting is an interesting medium for the different in and of itself. I think it's interesting, but I think it's interesting also in how it can like reach people and connect other ideas, you know? Yeah, definitely. So I think that would be a cool concept maybe. Well, Hey, maybe I will. I've also, I've been thinking about doing um, something similar to, so after, so in between when I finished Let There Be Stuff and when I, when I, um, or so when I started Let There Be Stuff, when I, when I finished The Bible Abridged, I was just doing these things where I was kind of going through old fairy tales. Um, holy shit, those things are fucking weird. Like, the original uh, story of, of Cinderella, for example, where like her sisters are, her stepsisters are chopping off their toes to try to fit in this glass slipper. At the end of the story, 
these birds are coming down to peck out their eyes because they're pissed off at them and shit like that. And I'm like, they, they left that out of the movie. That was, oh, yeah. You know, but like all of them have these weird like parts of them. So I had, I had a few. It was just called Jay's Fairy Tales and it was fun to do. But I like to do more stuff like that where I kind of just like pick, pick apart old. Even like, you know, cause like I did the whole Bible but in those, those fairy tales. But there's so many old like texts that like, I think at some age people are like, yes, these are just ancient texts and they're important and it's like these are so fucking weird and like being married to an Icelandic woman and now I have all of this new material like the Norse god stories and like all of like the origins it's like whenever I, I, I poke through them I'm like oh my god these are fucking amazing and I've wanted to do uh, other religious texts but I think there's just so much out there I can just fuck with that I don't need to get myself shot anytime soon yeah <laughs> Yeah, I almost, you know, went for the joke, just like, oh, yeah, you should totally do this religion. You know, that's totally <laughs> safe and wise. I do I do have have that holy text that we're, that we're both talking about at my house, and I have looked through it and been like, oh, I can really riff with this. And every single person I've talked about that said that this is a horrible idea. And I even posted a post on Facebook that I said I was going to do it, and Facebook itself took it down. So... I think it's just it's in the cards that I shouldn't do that until maybe I'm I'm safe and nice. <laughs> right. So, uh, do you think you, are you guys planning on moving to Iceland? We're sitting about eighty twenty right now. Um, if you look at the at, at the financial burden of a child here and a financial burden of a child in Iceland, it's um, it's kind of like. Um, looking at hitting yourself in the dick with a hammer <laughs> versus like having some ice cream. It just doesn't even make any sense to stay here. Plus, we have her family support there. If I wanted to have my family support, I have to move back to Minneapolis. And at that point, I might as well go to Iceland, right? Um, the, the Basically, everything's pointing at Iceland and Reykjavik, um, but we've kind of decided at this point right now that if, if something makes us stay here, like if I do another run of Let There Be Stuff real quick or someone like offers to hire me as a writer or something that would be here making money using my brain, we'd stay. Same thing with her. She's an artist herself and she, you know, would be thrilled too. It's just a matter of like, even if I make like buku pucks here, I have friends that are doctors that are still paying off their births. It's just fucking insane how America treats... Uh, Everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like I... um it, I, I shared it actually today on Facebook. I've shared it before, and I watched it when it was on uh, the newsroom. Uh, but there's this great scene where he's at a college, like the main guy, uh, Jeff Daniels, he's at a college, and one of the students asks uh, what makes America the greatest country in the world. And yeah, two that. people give yeah. the bullshit answers, and he's like, it's not. you know, And he lists all the <laughs> metrics that we're not. And it's true, like when, you know, education, uh, healthcare, and not just, he didn't just say healthcare. He was like infant mortality. Yeah. Like we're like 27th or something. So it's like that right there for all of the pro-life people and all the people who are against, like a lot of those people (laughs) are against healthcare reform. It's like, okay, so if you're so pro-life, why are you against universal healthcare? Like, let's start there. Like before, you know, and then we can go on from there, but like... That's, that's actually been a thing I've been saying, because I was raised uh, pretty religiously. My, my parents have, have since kind of come around, but um, everybody in my family is still to some degree religious. But one of the arguments I was having when I was a teenager is like, 
All right, so basically you have, you have two options here. Either you are you're, you're, you're pro-choice, but if the baby is born, they have, you know, like you like to have options, have, have health care, have welfare, have um, affordable housing, all of that. The other side is like, no, you have to have your kid because I'm pro-life. But once you have that kid, we're not giving you shit. And it's like, what the fuck? How how the hell are these the two options? Like, yeah. It's so weird. Like, how could anybody in good conscience vote against the, the first one? And people are like, well, I'm pro-life. I think abortion is wrong. And it's like, but you don't, you're, making, you're not making any effort to make it so that people wouldn't want to get abortions. Like, right. It's making them kind of feel like they have to because of everything else you're doing. And it's like, well, I'm not going to fucking, much of my tax dollars pay for them. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't. I've, I've spent my entire life arguing with Republicans, and I'm just kind of understand that I can't. That you, you, you can't. They're just, they're just, they're just like that. <laughs> it's interesting though. I think um, you have to though, but not. You can't argue. You're not going to win an argument. I've like, seen. To, like, I've seen hours and hours of texts of you on the internet arguing with people, and I'm like, All right, Alex will fight the good fight, but I'm burnt out on this. I try not to. Ar- I really though have kind of um, stopped arguing. Like I try to like reason. But, like, pretty much when people go off, like, on either side of the thing, like, when when it becomes an argument where we're not exchanging ideas anymore, we're not listening to each other, I'm not interested in it. I'm not trying to win an argument. Like, I'm trying to, like, I'm open to my thoughts evolving. I'm, I'm open to, like, learning new things. I'm open to changing my mind. I'm open to yeah. changing my ideas. Um, but yeah, I, but I want it based on reason and, and compassion and examining like the values I say I'm about. Like that's, yeah, that's what I'm interested in. Um, cause right now, like it's, uh, the, like even so like the midterms, like I'm glad that they went the way they went. I'm glad that the house, um, is now led by Democrats. Um, but leading up to it, like the whole thing of like blue wave, blue wave, blue wave, like I'm kind of tired of red team versus blue team. I think like our whole political discourse is more complicated than that. And it's more, um, important than that. Like it's not just blue team, red team yeah, because there's like corruption on all sides so it's like I want to get people in there with like fresh ideas with actual like idealism in there that that things can change that they can be different um and corruption out you know yeah. and that's not a red that shouldn't be a it red versus be a blue red issue. versus blue thing but I feel like lately with the under the guise of trying to you know fight corruption drain the swamp the, uh, the red team has gone just way more far right in this last election, I kind of saw it more of like uh, the Night's Watch versus the White Walkers. And I was like, I don't... And a few people that actually I voted for that I was like, yeah, I like this person. Yeah. I trust them. For the most part, I was just like, I don't like everything the Night's Watch does, but God damn, I hate those fucking White Walkers who just want to <laughs> kill all of us for no reason whatsoever. And I can't like... And I, and I was at my bar and like some like various working class schmoes that just love Donald Trump like I can't believe people are voting against their, voting against their own interests. And I'm like, it's funny to hear you say that because I really can't believe people are doing that as well. It's right. Weird shit. <laughs> I, this I agree with you. Me. I can't believe that you don't see the irony in what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
But, that's yeah. funny though. I, had, I hadn't heard the White Walker I just analogy. Made, I just made it up. That's a good now. one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good comedy gold. That's uh, part me, part prickly pear vodka. Yeah. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by Prickly Pear Vodka. <laughs> it tastes like pears and it'll get you drunk. <laughs> I'm also wearing a shirt that says alcohol. This is marijuana. Is safer marijuana. Than safer than, yeah. I knew it was something like that. <laughs> I knew what it was saying. I couldn't remember which way. Alcohol is safer than marijuana. <laughs> it's been scientifically proven by nobody did ever. You, did you see recently? Um, it was a Canadian politician. Uh, said that marijuana is just as dangerous as I'm trying to remember what drug he said. It was something like crystal meth. It wasn't crystal meth, man. What was it? But it's just well, to, to be fair, it's really really hard to overdose on crystal meth. So if you if if you're actually looking at statistics, that's a, that, that's a pretty good one to pick. And it's like, yeah, dude, like there's only been like one death from crystal meth and there's been zero deaths from marijuana or maybe even one or two based on like allergies and stuff like that. So like, if you're looking only at that, it's like, oh man, that's really logical. Intercom. Intercom. Someone's trying to get inside the building. But I mean, hmm. Yeah, so, so if you, it's, it's kind of like saying, um, back to hit yourself in the dick with a hammer, hit yourself in the dick in the, in the, like, hitting yourself in the dick with a hammer is no more dangerous than drinking coffee. Right. How many people have died in the last year <laughs> from hitting themselves in the dick with a hammer? Zero? Yes. So there you go. <laughs> I would argue that coffee is more dangerous than... It's like, you, you, you can really, if you pick just one specific thing, you can really prove anything. It wasn't crystal. Like, I can't remember what it was. Though. It was something... Definitely dangerous, and I mean yeah. losing your dangerous. yeah, losing your teeth. <laughs> Just because it won't kill your... you doesn't mean that you shouldn't that do you it. Should do it, yeah, yeah. But my point on that though was the amount of people that the amount of politicians that still kind of try to make these claims against marijuana, yeah. and it based on absolutely nothing. I was I was living I was living in California um, during. Um, Proposition, what was it, two fifteen? I think it was, or no, it was, it was prop prop nineteen. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, internet. But yeah, it was like right when they were on the verge of legalizing marijuana completely in California. And I was actually working on a weed farm. And watching the arguments, people were like, "Yeah, marijuana is, is it's not harmless, but it's 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 not that harmful." And the main thing that will ruin your life on marijuana is the state. We should fix that. And then the counterpoint would be like, marijuana is evil. And the, the, the interview people, like, you can't see me right now, but their eyes would be, just be like bulging out of their skulls. And they'd be like, marijuana is evil. And if we legalize it, where is it going to end? And it's like, how about there? Like, why does it always need to be like a slippery slope? Like, where are you going to draw the line? It's like, we're going to move it slightly from alcohol <laughs> across marijuana and then put it there. And then boom. And then if there's something else that's like marijuana, we might legalize that too. But. It was just fucking nuts, and then it, the bill, the bill failed um, the first time. It's, it's legal there now, but like, I was just like, it was like the, the the point counterpoint was basically like all of these logical points that make sense and are true, and then someone being like, "No, fuck you." People were like, "Oh, it's hard to choose. I don't know which side of this." Are. Like, right? Well, I think Jeff Sessions <laughs> said something like, um, "Only bad people do marijuana," or something like that, which is just. If I'm bad in Jeff Sessions' mind, that's fine by me. 
Yeah, I was uh, a lot of that. I was like, um, even here in New York, I got in an argument at this fucking shitty dive bar in the East Village. Um, me and these two pilots were just getting wasted together for some reason, and we were arguing about things. And this guy was saying that if, if they ever legalize marijuana in America, he's going to move to Canada. I never understood when conservatives started saying they're going to move to Canada. But like they, they've been saying it lately, they're like, "Oh, if this happens, move to Canada." And it's like, "Yeah, that's certainly a more liberal country than we are." So right. Good luck there. But um, and also now they have legalized marijuana, which is funny. But he wouldn't shut the fuck up about gateway drug, and I was like, "Dude, like ninety percent of smokers never try another drug." And my first drug wasn't even marijuana. My first drug I ever tried was cocaine because my friend's mom had some in her house and we stole it from her. Well, we were I think we were looking for cigarettes. We we're like, "Oh shit, let's just do this instead." <laughs> but like I know so few people who like, I, I was I was really happy to do drugs at one point and I don't and I, I never said anything about marijuana being a gateway drug I know so few people that went through all of that with me that were like oh it all started with marijuana and it's like no it all started because I wanted to escape from reality yeah and I feel <laughs> and like, like actually and you just start with huffing glue actually um more of an argument for a gateway I think would be alcohol and the reason why is because alcohol actually is addictive um so if you start drinking you're gonna like it's pretty easy to get hooked on it and um and it's an acceptable thing so it's yeah the the thing with alcohol that's tricky and why I do think it's that whole argument with marijuana, like alcohol can actually kill you if you drink too much of it yeah. um, over a long period of time or if you drink too much of it in one fucking night. Yeah. It can fucking kill you. Um, but it's not taboo because it's legal. And so, like, we have no problem, like, unless, as a society. Muslim or Mormon. Yeah, but, like, legally... Um, it's not against the law. So it's, it's not really taboo. Like as far as society, you know, if you drink too much and you get wasted and you get sloppy, that's not a good look, but you know, just having a small to moderate amount, which moderate (laughs) can be fucking a lot of booze. If you can handle it, um, it's fine. Um, for, for, for me, moderate is probably where I would cut the average patron off my bar. Uh, but that's uh, you know part of the industry that I work in. But I gotta I gotta I gotta argue with that alcohol is a gateway drug because I don't I think the whole concept of a gateway drug is fucking stupid. It's like we want to escape because our lives suck. So the fact that our lives suck, I think is the is is the gateway. It's like before we were hunter gatherers, we would we would hunt, we would gather, we would fuck, we would go to sleep. Well, actually, like eating a bunch of stuff. Um, and there's no need for any of it. You know, it's like it's how society was formed was with this escape. It's like, yeah, you work hard for somebody else. You get your share. You get your home, whatever. At the end of the day, you're like, what? That's all weird. You get fucked up. Don't worry about it. Fall asleep. So alcohol just happens most most readily available. But I think this, the real thing is that we just want to escape from reality here and there. Um, and it's just basically trying to figure out what is acceptable and what is not, you know. I'd prefer a society of pot smokers and drunks to a society of people smoking meth or doing yeah. fentanyl or fucking heroin or whatever, you know, like like back back home when I go back home, it's like man, 
everybody there is just fucking has a friend that just died from fentanyl or fucking oxycodone or heroin or whatever. And when I was out, when I was hitchhiking out west, man, it was like everybody you fucking met in California outside of the major cities was just fucking methed out of their gourds. And like, it's like, man, yeah, okay, so I prefer alcohol to that. But like, the only thing that, that potheads do, like when I was in Northern California in like weed country, the shit people would say to me was just the dumbest shit in the world. But it was harmless, you know. People would be like, high acid things are like, man, you got to find the traveling tortoise, man. And I'm just like, you just got to leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> but like, I never once felt like physically threatened by any of these kids. It was just like, all right, cool. You're high, you're dumb. So I would definitely argue that marijuana is the least harmful of all the escape things. But that's not to say that like, just because alcohol is worse than marijuana is alcohol is the worst thing there is. I think we should just... Like no, I, I don't said, think just, alcohol just, is the just worst move, thing there is the either. line over. But it's like, all right, cool. Let's just stop marijuana now. So we have marijuana legalized for those who want to chill, alcohol legalized for those who want to party, and then everything else is legal. Maybe even allow a little bit of, uh, you know, what's that What's that DMT plant called? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca or something But like also that like mushrooms there. and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean... Except for the guy at my so bar the, today. He kind the, of made me rethink loose and gentle. The thing though with like... Those and even marijuana, it's like I don't think they're necessarily good or bad, but like for like with marijuana, that has been used in certain spiritual practices and stuff like yeah. that. And it's not like, um, it can make you introspective too. That's where people freak out with it, yeah. and that's where people freak out with like hallucinogens too. Is it can be an escape, but it can also make you look at yourself and confront some things in yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think Which they're al- to be, I think they're to be respected. Um, I've, there's been times where I've like drank by myself and I like kind of like look through a situation in my head. I'm like, oh, I could have dealt with it this way and that would have been better. And other times where I'm just like, oh, I should have beat that guy up. That would have made this whole thing go away. So yeah, <laughs> like, Hallucinogenics and marijuana have have a weird thing with me because I always had the, the very religious view of them growing up, but I think a lot of that's because I I, I stopped being being religious and I was like 14, 13, 14 when I started using them, and then like around like fifteen, sixteen I started using hallucinogenics. So I started like smoking weed earlier than like whatever. So it, it felt like it was spiritual because I'm like, oh, my mind's really coming online. But that's the age where everyone's mind starts coming online. You start thinking for yourself. You start contemplating ideas so i don't know one of that was hallucinogenic one of that was marijuana one of that was just me growing up but the whole thing ended up with me being like a 17 year old like hardcore drug addict that had to you know slow the fuck down for a while so whatever <laughs> and here we are and here we are you don't get a you don't get a voice like this making all the right choices in life <laughs> what was your voice like growing up um actually up until us but I remember being on the bus to San Francisco when I was 18. And I used to have bigger muscles and uh, look a little bit tougher. Um, I had a shaved head and a um, huge Antifa tattoo on the side of my neck. And I remember this guy on the bus was like, man, they, man, you're like Mike Tyson. Like, you're looking to whoop my ass. I hear you talking. You're like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> so it was, it, it was like that until I was about 18. And then, like, one day it just it just changed. I think I was probably like... I don't know, 1920, and it just kind of started just turning into this gravelly voice that I have now where 
if I put my, put my voice through auto-tune, it doesn't even change. It's just like there's always some note somewhere in this frequency that's hitting the right note. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's definitely cool. And I also like that I can make a phone call to someone I haven't talked to in like seven years. And they know who it is. Yeah, like Matt, Matt the Exterminator from Life. I just called him the other day and he was like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. What's up, Jay? <laughs> it's like, yeah, good job, voice. But then when I'm trying to like do an off-Broadway play and all these talented people are singing around me and I'm like, it's a little bit different. <laughs> but it's character, you know? That's true. I kind of feel like um, if Tom Waits, Lemmy Kilmeister, and uh, I don't know, some high-pitched person um, all had a baby, it would end up sounding like me. See. <laughs> See, I've I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> um, there's a couple, but like there's a bunch. Okay. Bobcat Goldwith. Yep, got that one a lot. Beetlejuice. I haven't ever heard that one actually. That one yeah, just that, popped into yeah. me today. I was like, ah, Beetlejuice. Um, Bobcat Goldwith, Beetlejuice, and somebody else said uh, Charlie Day. I usually get Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny from Younger Kids, which. It's fine, but it was frustrating trying to make it in like the sketch world, when not only my voice but also like my persona reminds everybody of somebody else who's already popular. And I'm like, fuck, that kind of screws that whole scene for me. I can't just like be like, hey, look at me, I'm crazy and I can't read. And everyone's like, mm, yeah, that sounds like this other character. I'm like, oh, if I huff glue, god damn, he's in everything. It's like, it's like, whenever I watch anything he does, I'm like, damn, dude, <laughs> we should probably hang out, but we probably would hate each other because we're the exact same person in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, where's the best place for people to keep up with you well I mean I, pretty soon it's going to be this improv story podcast that you create <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I, I want to start being more active on, on both YouTube and um, well I was going to say YouTube and Twitter but I kind of I kind of hate Twitter I've been I've been Whenever I, I decide I'm going to start using Twitter, I just say a bunch of stupid shit, realize that that's all Twitter is. Everybody's saying a bunch of stupid shit. Or I just get really pissed off and start like having long Twitter rants, which is also what Twitter is used for. Then I kind of just get bored of it and stop using it. So, You ever do Instagram? I do. I, I, I do use Instagram. Um, what? I mean, like, because back, back in my day, we all did iTunes. Like, what do, what do these things go on anymore? Spotify. Apple Podcasts, okay. um, so still that, and then, yeah, it's on Spotify, it's on uh, Google Play, it's on Stitcher, okay. it's on it's on the different things, um, but yeah, but Apple Podcasts is still kind of the king, I think, of podcasting because it's the pod. That's good job, they... Apple. You're the king of something still. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I've been I've been making fun of Apple a lot lately. Um, I use I use plenty of Apple products. Um, my I have a broken one at home. My work computer's an Apple, but I just love how how every every year since Steve Jobs has died, they're like, all right, here's our new thing. It's um, the same as last year, but everything's slightly better. And it's like, oh, you guys are out of ideas. You had one guy for all the ideas, and here we are. But. Not to get you kicked off of Apple. Or <laughs> hey, I still use Apple. I have an iPhone, Apple. 
Apple overlords. <laughs> Don't kick me out. I have an, I, I have an iPod Touch I still use, and it's, it's it's on its way out, but it's still and it's got all the music from what there be stuff on it um, that I recorded, so I can listen to that and be like, oh yeah, good times. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess in, Instagram, Facebook, but um, what's your Instagram handle? Jay Winston Gill. Okay, I can yeah, remember that. Just uh, straight, <laughs> just straight up my name. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been I, I've been kind of bad with social media lately because I've just been focusing a lot on just running this fucking bar. But those days are coming to an end. So. And that bar is the Rookery. The Rookery Bar in Brooklyn, New York, not the one in Colorado. And I was there for a little bit too. I uh, I, I hired Alec to run Muscles Monday, and then um, at, at at the point of me leaving, it was one of our busiest shifts. But the tides turned, and it was no longer a busiest shift. And uh, I like to think that it was me that made us the busiest shift, but I think it's just that people can only drink full bottles of wine and eat mussels so often before they just, you know, need to change for a little bit. So, Yeah. I've also been trying to figure out my work-life-art balance, and I'm doing a lot more on the art side. And so at a certain point, like I'm still, now I'm struggling with probably going to cut down one more day it might oh, be nice. we'll see um because i'm still i'm actually gonna be off tonight at pine box but just like the later nights are getting harder for me um especially because there's things i need to do yeah during the day and just to to wake up after a late night bar shift you're always hungover because you're always ripping shots but just like to wake up and try, try to do anything productive it's like Trying to write especially, man. It's like my fucking brain is fuzzy. I can't think. I just want to fucking go back to bed or just watch TV and talk to work. It's like, ugh. At some point, it's just like, what the hell have I been doing in New York? I could be doing this in fucking Oklahoma City and paying $300 a month in rent, you know? So, yeah, it's 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 definitely a thing to, that, that'll burn you out. But I do miss the days um, before when I would just work like three bartending shifts a week and just fucking have enough money to live and be like, I go and I have four days off. One of them have my fuzzy days and then all three days have been creative. But lately it's just been like everything revolves around this goddamn bar. And you know, maybe maybe someday when I'm older, but not now. I still have, you know, a lot of ideas I want to put out in the world. So So to answer your question, yes, Instagram is probably the best way and pretty soon I'll be launching my own thing one way or another. Cool. Um also, you mentioned Cork as an artist, too. And I know I heard her sing um, at your wedding, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, what kind of art does she uh, do? Well, she's a very talented singer and also performance artist. Um, she she does drawings that are very, very, uh, I want to say simple. That's the wrong word. But mi- mi- minimalist, I think, is the word that, that she uses. Um, that are very cool. And then she does... Like collaging, um, actually for for my for my birthday last year, that was what she gave me was a was an original original Corka collage which I, well I guess now we're married so it's hanging on my wall, but yeah it's very talented all around. Um, she can also do sculpturing but she doesn't and she teaches art. She works for a, a program where they they find schools like in the hood, Logan areas where they have no art program. And then they basically have her go in there and teach art to these kids. And, um, yeah, she's just insanely talented, and I couldn't be more in love. 
Well, maybe I could be, but so far I haven't been my entire life. So, yeah. I think that's the maximum amount of love I can be in. <laughs> well, I think you, think you did good there. I think so, too. Congratulations <laughs> again. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, not especially. Um, oh, I feel like to, to clarify with the with, with the listeners of, of, of Let There Be Stuff, I'm just going to give a quick like five-minute um, yeah. segment on that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I've, I've known Alec for years, but uh, I remember at one point I came to him. We were both very, very intoxicated at a bar, and I was like, I'm starting a musical. I want you to be in it. And he was like, cool, show me the script. And I'm like, I will once I finish it. I just started it just now. Like I think I actually started it that day, and um, it was it was originally not going to be a musical. It was going to be a just a, a, a play with a, with a comedy. Oh, the Book of Genesis just as a comedy, and then there was going to be the voice of God beaming down as everybody tried to deal with it. Until I came across the Adam and Eve leaving the garden part, and I was like, there should really be a song between Adam and Eve called "You're Literally the Only One for Me." And I'm like, well, now it's musical, so let's do this. So I spent the next uh, few months working on it and um, got some money and uh, booked a theater. This, this happened in this order. Got some money, booked a theater, found someone to write my songs for me, and finished the songs about two rehearsals into rehearsals. So we started rehearsals before the songs were finished. Um did the whole thing via my, my friend's loft apartment, which just reeked like weed all the time. And a lot of the actors were totally straight edge, and it was really funny. And then we, we did the performance, and I was like, oh, my God, that was so well-received. Like, I love this. So I started kind of um, tweaking scripts and making things work better. And then um, got convinced by somebody who I assumed was going to offer me support. This guy, Jens, he works on Broadway. And... Um, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he just gave me the advice, and then didn't uh, help at all. But that I should go into Manhattan and do uh, in Manhattan. It'll be a little bit more expensive, but it'll be totally worth it. And then, piece by piece, I started building this thing up, and I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna cost us like sixty thousand dollars to do, whereas the previous run had been between eight and ten thousand dollars. And I was like, all right, cool. This is gonna work. <laughs> I'm just going to crowdfund it. We crowdfunded it. I think crowdfunding got us about $3,000. I think I myself had like ten dollars to $15,000 or something like that. Um, so I was like, oh, we're just going to keep going, and I'm going to find somebody. Like I said, the Christmas miracle thing. You know, I'm going to find somebody who's going to do it. I flew to Minneapolis, talked to a few people that I thought I'd be willing to invest. None of them did. Tried to do a bunch of like micro-investments um, with various friends of mine, but... None of that worked. And then all of a sudden, um, it was basically time to either cut it or go. And against everything in my gut, I was like, we're doing this. We're making enough ticket sales or sell enough t-shirts that'll work. And it didn't. Um, but we still had nine, well, we had eight amazing performances and then one night where no one came at all. So we just used it as like a tech rehearsal. But... I really, 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 really enjoyed it. I really thought it was going to work, even though my, the entire time my stomach was in such a knot that all I could eat was McDonald's and all I could drink was Fernet Branca. And it was just like the most stressful month of my life. And that includes managing a, a multi-million dollar a year bar 
that includes like everything else that's happened. It's just like that that month was just like because I kind of just knew like I kind of could see fourth dimensionally. I could see it wasn't gonna work, but I just had to try. It was too late to say no. I had too many people behind me. Um, but yeah, the whole thing collapsed, and I got a third job as a bartender at the Rookery to pay back a lot of the debts that I had accumulated through the thing. And worked my way up to be the general manager of the place. So that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence. It's like, all right, cool. I can I can do things. And, uh, yeah, in the process, kind of getting back on my feet, getting back in the creative field. And uh, I think I'll be just fine. It's just uh, whew, it's been a hard, a hard road back. Cause the worst you met thing. Corka in the middle of that, right? Like in between the first two runs in I met, the middle of the – I met Corka just as the ball was getting rolling for – The um, second run. Yeah, second run. And she, yeah, I, I, the whole thing fell apart on my birthday and she held me and I cried and I got really, 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 really drunk. And yeah, that was uh, part of the reason why we, we got so, started moving so quickly. It's like, all right, cool. You've already seen me. We've seen each other at that point in like pretty weakened states. And it's like, all right, let's just keep moving forward and, you know. And also the, the this exact same day I got promoted to general manager is the same day I proposed to her, so it's been a you know she's been she's been right there with all these very stressful situations, and I'm very lucky to have her, and I'm very very happy that she feels the same. <laughs> but yeah, so that's all over. But yeah, it's 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 a crippling defeat, but crippling is is all there is. Like I am actually a little bit surprised that I didn't completely fall apart, but. Yeah, I'm back. I'm gonna start. I'm. I, I already have started doing creative stuff, and it's gonna keep going. You know, you just gotta. You just gotta keep yourself going. Definitely, if I could give any advice to anybody listening, uh, don't do huge things on your own money. Find a rich sucker before you do anything. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was a rich sucker, but. In my mind, having like $20,000 was like being a millionaire. And then you see how much things actually cost. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> so there was that. So, yeah. Well, cool. I, I think that's, uh, <laughs> that is, though, like a thing. Like, no matter what, you're going to, like, no matter what you do, like, you might as well also swing for the fences learn and make why you know make wise choices but the only way you learn wisdom is through experience yeah. um so you know you make the choices whatever happens like you learn from like whether things go good or bad and like you just said like it's not all bad you know what i mean but like no matter what you're going to have ups and downs no matter what like it's unavoidable so you might as well try you might as well strive for things even um, if you stay home and just watch TV, you'll have good days and bad days. It's just how it is. You know? Yeah. So you might as well get out and try some things. Um, <laughs> and and when you have those crippling defeats, fine. Like, be down for a little while. But eventually get your ass back up yeah. and get back in there. Yeah. Get back out there, you know? Definitely. Don't don't let yourself be, be broken. Um it's just it's it's stupid. Then you you rob the world of a creative mind, and then you also just get defeated by something fucking stupid. Like, do you do you trip and fall and just be like, I, I live here now? 
this is, I live in the sidewalk. Like, no, fuck that. Like, there's no fucking point in stopping. Like, you keep going until you die or someone cuts your fucking tongue out and chops your fingers off, you know, which is also bad. <laughs> uh, well, I think that was a pretty good convo. Yeah, I think um, so too. Do you have any final thoughts? Equinox prickly pear vodka is very delicious. Also, yeah, I'm just I'm just really thrilled to be to be on this uh, to be doing this, and I would just uh, like I was saying before, man. Anybody, anybody out there at all, but especially people here in New York, um, if you have any creative ideas, man, just 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 go for them, just push them, just do what you can. Um, but also, like, know know your limits. Don't don't um, don't think that you're gonna be an all star tomorrow, but there's not really any point in being a big a big star like your 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 life is going to change a lot and it's better just to kind of ease into it before you get before you try to get yourself too big too fast because if you try to take on more than you can you're going to burn yourself out and then you're just gonna you know find yourself working a shitty job that you hate looking back at what things could have been. So just, just, just do it, but do it, do it with passion and, and do it right. Like do it, do it for fun, do it for love, uh, do it for a crowd of 50 people, 20 people, whatever, you know, before you try to go for the big stages because it kind of stops, a lot of it stops being fun at that point anyways. So just like keep, keep doing it, keep, keep doing it for love, but keep doing it for fun. Cool. cool. Well, thank you for uh, talking with me, man. Oh, for sure. Thanks for having me. We just shook hands. We shook hands. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my conversation with Jay Winston Gill. Um, Been meaning to do that one for a while. Finally, finally got around to sitting down and talking with that that funny fellow. Um, Congrats again, Corka and Jay, on the marriage. It was a beautiful marriage. Had a great time. Um. Yeah, and I'll keep you posted. Hopefully, he will be doing another podcast coming up soon. Um, maybe the improvised stories idea that we talked about on this one. Um, and I'll keep you posted on what happens with his next, you know, scripts and other projects. Because I'm sure he's going to keep doing stuff as as we all should, as you all should. Everybody do things, do cool things. Um, thank you very much for listening, as always. If you enjoyed that episode and you enjoy the other episodes, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Um, If you're interested in being on the podcast, hit me up. Let me know. I'm always down to talk to people. Um, Yeah, I'll be back here on Monday. Thank you again for listening. Check us out on BushwickVarietyShow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Have a good one. Peace. (laughs) 